0: And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podco section of the application.
1: Episode of the so called Oreos podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the awkwardness, hardship, and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. I'm Rachel Foway here with my co host Kia Swinton, Amari Pollard, Janae Price.
2: Hey, it's lit.
1: <laughs> God, that was so. Funny. How was everyone doing? How was everyone's week? Any, anything new? I
2: just want to shout out the so-called Oreos and the listeners. Man, I'm so happy. <laughs> We've been blowing up on Instagram. Amari's Paramore reel is almost at one million plays.
0: That's actually insane.
3: Holy shit. Who knew that many people would <laughs> care to, to see me acting a fool?
2: <laughs> that is insane. And it still gets likes, like, literally every second. Every yeah. time I look, it's like... <laughs> This one, like you're real, like you're real, like you're real, like you're real. It's like, I'm just waiting for um, Haley Williams to
3: send me some free Paramore gear.
2: <laughs> I know. I need to tag her in the tweets because I've tweeted about it, too. Oh, yeah. You need to tag her. I want to talk
3: to her. I maybe. tagged her in
2: the original. Wait. I don't think she has a Twitter. I tagged Paramore last time. I couldn't find her on I Twitter. I saw someone
1: tag her in the comments um, on did. Instagram. They did.
2: They want her to see, too. Maybe we I'll just slide wanna... into
0: her DMs. You should. Like, hey, girl. Watch this.
2: We just want hey to share girl. the love. <laughs> I think she would like it I mean almost a million people liked it so I mean that's amazing oh I'm so excited for it Yeah. yeah it's just like cool to see
3: I've been really enjoying the comments and just the fandom happening there and particularly obviously with black people because growing up I was like I feel so alone in my love for Paramore um And so it's cool to to see all that. And then to see that transfer to the so-called Oreos page and the conversations um, that are starting there, just like even the DMs. Like I had a really good conversation with someone the other day about um, colorism and TV shows. And she was talking to me about um, how she, the first time she ever felt represented was when she read about Storm, like in the comics, but then she was really upset because all of the Film representation has been of uh, light-skinned mixed girls, and Storm is actually dark-skinned. Um, so it's just been cool to have those kind of conversations. Um, I love the community that's growing. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's so exciting. We're almost at 4,000 followers, and I'm still predicting. Actually, I think I'm beating my predictions that we'll get 10K before the end of the year. Hey, actually, hey. I actually think we're going to get it in, like, October, November, but
3: we'll see y'all kia's still on her manifesting shit mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's working though it is working
3: <laughs> something that i've been loving on social media
0: is seeing that like you know obviously we post content about race and obviously that makes white people upset um and something that i've been loving is seeing like just tons of black women cape for us that like we don't even know these people and they are fighting people in the comments and it's just been so like
3: wow that makes me happy. Black women stay protecting black women.
0: Yes. Black women stay protecting. It's like, choo, choo, like on some like, Wonder Women shit,
3: you know? Uh, and the emotional labor they will put themselves through mm-hmm. to protect you is crazy. Like mm-hmm. people just like having to educate people in the comments. And I'm like, we shouldn't have to be doing all of this extra stuff, especially without payment. Um, <laughs> but it's been awesome to see that. Mm-hmm. 100%.
2: Yeah i just want to shout out you guys first of all the oreos for doing awesome work and the new listeners and old listeners like our ogs who've like supported us and it's nice to see that it's kind of like paying off i mean it's sad that i had to be through instagram reels but whatever i'm happy people are finding the page and finding the podcast and i'm happy like we're having conversations because that's really what the podcast is about so i'm just praying that it, we keep growing and more people can like just be added to our community and we can bring you guys some like awesome content awesome stuff and like i'm really excited for us.
0: something I wanted to check in about has been my pitiful dating life and I think like a little while ago I said that I would be like giving you guys updates and stuff um that was probably in the beginning of COVID or whatever I have since downloaded hinge and um re-downloaded hinge back on the apps now girls and it is still just as trash as ever I went on a COVID friendly date. You know what? I won't lie, I went on a partially safe, COVID-free date. Um or a partially COVID safe date. I'm I'm fumbling the words, but you guys get what I mean. Um, and it was trash. It was terrible. Um, the guy he basically used the excuse of being an introvert the entire time, but like I had to carry the conversation. And it's like even my fellow introverts out there can say that Like, if you're in a situation with meeting new people, you'll at least try. And he really didn't try that much at all. And he just, he, he, it was just a bad date. It was just a bad date. Um, and ever since it's made me kind of like, do I actually want to date someone right now? I was even texting girls last night Because, like, I started talking to this guy who was really – I knew I wasn't attracted to him up front, but he had a funny response to my prompt, and I felt like that deserved us to match. And, of course, he started messaging me. And then once he started messaging me, I was like, oh, crap. But next thing I know, we're having a dope conversation. And I'm like, well – here we are. And he like, even let me talk about BTS and even like watch some of their videos. I was like, wow, he deserves a conversation. But the next thing I know, he's like asking me to go out on a date. And I'm like,
3: that's what tends to happen after you have a good conversation. I know, you know?
0: <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. And I I ended up texting the Oreo group chat, like, guys, what do I do? Like, how do I tell him I'm not interested? And I took I took the punk way out and was basically like oh, I'm getting a little serious with someone else. And, you know, I don't think this would be respectful to them, but you're really cool. Um, what did he say? He was just like, I respect it. Like, good luck with everything.
3: Oh, no. He's a nice person, too. He's a
0: nice person. And that's the thing that frustrates me, I feel, so often with these dating apps is that the guys that are nice people are the guys that I'm usually not that attracted to. It's like the guys that are nice people are usually just not really my type but I find myself matching with them anyway because we have dope ass conversation and I feel comfortable because I'm not attracted to you and like
2: But uh, we had this conversation before and we'll do we talked about doing an episode about it how like just because you're being nice doesn't mean like you're compatible and I think a lot of times guys have this mentality where it's like I'm nice you should like me but it's like just because you're nice doesn't mean we have a lot in common doesn't mean like we have the same love language, we communicate the same way, like, there's a lot of factors than just being nice, and I think a lot of these, like, incel type of guys are, like, they just want fuckboys, and it's, like, no, it's not, like, some people happen to be fuckboys, but it's, like, if you just are more compatible with someone, then you just are, like, it's, you can't force this just because they're nice, and in society will make you feel bad, for, like putting down a, a nice person that's like you know what? at the end of the day we're supposed to be nice like you don't get a reward for being nice i'm fucking nice all the time and like mean- <laughs> i'm just saying like <laughs> i know some people are like no she's not whatever i'm nice enough for me <laughs> but i'm not like out here being a dick and like playing guys left and right you know like that doesn't mean i like am walking around being like i deserve like, someone with Bill Gates money and all this stuff, like, it's just, you're supposed to be a nice person at the end of the day. You don't get, deserve, like, eight girlfriends because you're nice.
3: I think sometimes and, people, oh, sorry. No, Mar, you go. I was just gonna say, sometimes I think people um, also hide under the guise of being nice. Like, they put on this nice guy persona, and I feel like it's after the fact that you realize that some of these nice guys are not actually as nice as their they um, put like they say they are, or they pretend to be. But I also think COVID is a great excuse. I feel like people have a really bad tendency of telling Black women in particular that we're picky, which I think is unfair. Um, but I think COVID is a great way to also like lean into being more selective. Like you should be more selective now during this time. Just when you even think about the health risks that you're taking to potentially like see someone. If I, I, I don't think like I feel like also women have this feeling like an obligation to like, I feel like it would be so easy to feel obligated to go on a date with that guy because he's nice. Um, and you had a good conversation when, um, in, in reality you don't necess- you don't know, Oh, anyone, any, like a date.
0: And on that tip, I think I've been really trying to be selective. And another reason why I didn't want to go on this date with this guy, one is because I wanted to at least, well, I'm not attracted to him, but I'm kind of mentally like I need to wait two weeks because I went on a date with someone else. So I need to just stay my ass inside Mask it up when I need to go grocery shopping and like walking down the street. And other than that, just like, you know, sit my ass down for a little while. Um, And then another thing with me, what both Kia and Amari just said about dating is just so absolutely valid. And I think with me, I'm trying to figure out if I have a tendency to go for the fuck boy instead of the nice guy. And if that is sometimes what turns me off um, through therapy, I've been working through this idea of how I i think I kind of have a tendency to want to conquer things. And if I don't conquer things, then I don't necessarily feel fulfilled. Um, and I think I might have the tendency to, uh, around these fuckboys, kind of be like, I can conquer this. I can make you my own. Um, and because of that, I have a tendency to just go after men who are not, uh, they're, they're just, their wants are not aligned with my wants. And they're not willing to cater to my needs. Um, And then a nice guy comes around who may possibly be giving me all that. And I'm kind of like, his toenails are shaped weird. Um, So I am. I I mean, come on now. That's, is it? I think it is.
2: I think so. You can't have nasty feet in my bed. Come on now. Come
0: on now. Um, But anyway, I just... There's definitely the nice guys out there who aren't really, they're nice until they're nice. That's true. They're but nice I until you don't sleep with them. They're nice until you don't <laughs> sleep with them. And I think also there are girls like that out there like me who have a tendency to want to, I don't know, change a nigga. And yeah, that, that's very dangerous. Very dangerous. And I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to get past it. Because
2: so. you can't change people.
0: You can't. You can't. You can't. They have to the change on their own. I feel like as Black women, we we were just talking about our supporters and and how they're Black women and how they're like willing to go to bat for us and they don't even know us. And I just feel like that's Black women in general. We've really taken this role of being caretakers in society, not only for our own, but for everyone. Um, And I think that kind of comes with the turf of seeing a man with potential and only dreaming about his potential and not looking at everything he's showing you you know so that's it with Janae's dating corner
2: hey i think people have been asking about dating lives so i think they'll be happy that you shared some stuff it's always a journey it is gonna be a journey that's that's okay
1: yeah um okay so let's move on to this week in black history with kia
2: Hey friends, this week in Black History on September 20th, 1830, was the first national convention of black freemen, and it was a three-day conference presided over by Frederick Douglass that brought together 50 to 70 free black leaders, where one of the issues discussed was the agreement to start their boycott on slave-produced goods. Um, A little subset of that is that although supposedly all blacks who attended were accepted as members of the convention, the women present were not allowed to participate at first. A compromise was fully reached, which held that the general convention invitation of persons included women. So I thought that was a good flack because, one, I thought it was really amazing how boycotts um, link back to 1830 and how they even used like, the power of purchase and, like, the black economic dollar to stop buying slave-produced goods, which is amazing, and I think people, again, have to really remember that we have that ability to – you know, our money is worth it, especially the black dollar. And we have to be particular of how we spend it. And I also thought that was interesting because oftentimes it seems like a lot of black men forget that they still have privilege with the patriarchy. And like a lot of times women still have this fight and it's like two fights. And when you bring it up, it's like, they kind of just like dismiss you. Or like, anytime you say something, it's like, you just hate black men and you're trying to keep the black men down. It's like, no, it's just a valid reason that like, you know, black women have it harder in a lot of the cases and like, we need to help them too. Um, Like, I think a lot of people forget that like, Black women are still also shot by the police and still incarcerated at very high rates. And we're going to be there for black men, but it also needs to be reciprocated. Um, The second fact is September twenty first, nineteen sixty one. The Southern Regional Council announced that the sit-in movement had affected twenty states and more than one hundred cities in southern and border states between February nineteen sixty to September nineteen sixty one. And at least seventy thousand blacks and whites have participated in the movement with 3,600 being arrested and at least 141 students and 58 faculty members being expelled by college authorities. Um, So I just thought that was interesting of how effective um, the sit-in movement was, especially in the South, and um, how it's important to just kind of keep fighting for what we want to fight for. And that's This Week in Black History.
1: All right, thank you, Kia and Amari, Black professionals we love
3: okay so when i was writing this up i had like an epiphany and i realized that every episode i highlight public figures who while they're doing incredible things i actually don't know them personally and can't actually speak to a lot of the things that i'm talking about um but every episode i get the chance to record with these three lovely professionals um who i deeply admire and so i was like wow I'm gonna take this week, this episode, to celebrate one of our own. Um, so this week, the Black professional I love, and every day actually, is uh, Rachel. For those of you who don't know, she is a data analyst at a government agency. She earned her bachelor's degree from Hofstra University, um, and her goal has always been to help other women in guidance um, in need of guidance when it comes to education, their career path, and mental health. Obviously, this is why um, Rachel has her own mental health uh, segment on this podcast. And um, when I first met Rachel, I remember we were on someone's rooftop. I don't know where it was, but we were talking about um, like where we saw ourselves in the future. And I remember Rachel just saying like she wanted to, you know, move out of New York and um, and like work on getting a promotion at work or um, just like expand her horizons. And I think it's crazy now because you know, a few, just a few years later, Rachel's now based in Atlanta. Um, and how she got there was by like asking for a transfer and asking for that raise and, um, being able to witness that transition as a friend was just really amazing. Um, and seeing Rachel take such initiative with, in her own career made me want to have that same confidence and, um, you know, know my worth and ask for that. Um, so I really admire Rachel um, and just everything that she's doing. So I just want to take this time this week to to highlight her.
1: Hey, that was oh, beautiful. Thank you, Mari.
3: I just uh, love you thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so this week's episode, uh, we're going to talk about how COVID has made us reflect on on our adulthood and. Um, we've been in quarantine for six months now guys and i realized that um the other day when i'll talk to my therapist and i'm just like we there's some days when i wake up and I, was, I don't know what day it is so the fact that we've um been in this pandemic for six months um there, there a lot has happened to us and a lot has happened also in in the world and for the fact the fact that we're gonna Um, talk about in this episode. I think we have a lot to um, reveal and a lot that we've noticed and the changes that we've made within ourselves as well. Um, So Janae, do you want to talk about the article you found on Vox? Yeah,
0: Um, so this article is basically saying how COVID has changed us Um, and I just identified with it because there were just a lot of little things that I think we've all started to do more of or started to do less of. Um, So some of them were slowing down and putting less pressure on ourselves, Um, prioritizing family and friends, which I thought was a, a really huge one for me personally, because by the end of COVID, it actually got to a point where I was like, I have too many damn friends because um, my phone is constantly blowing up, which is a blessing. I, I know it's, it's, it's a blessing, but it's also kind of annoying sometimes too. Anyway, um, ethical action and activism. Um, so that's like supporting Black-owned business and, and, and protesting. Um, cooking. I mean, how many of us were like, I'm just going to make some bread,
4: uh, you know,
0: while, while being on lockdown, um, exercising and then working from home. Um, All of these things, I feel like everyone I know has been experimenting with, looking into or thinking about since we've been locked down. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So we have um, a few questions um, that we're going to answer and we're just going to go down and talk about. Um, how, how COVID has made us um, reflect on adulthood. So the first uh, question is, uh, what epiphanies we've had while temporarily moving from home, moving home about our relationships with family or hometown things?
0: Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll jump right in. I, f- I feel like for this episode, like Rachel mentioned, we just wanted to have some prompts that we could talk about. Um, And one of them, since Amari, Kia, and myself all had the ability, the the really privilege to be able to move home. Um, But moving home for all of us, I think, came with its own set of hurdles. Once again, we're all so, so, so fortunate to have families that can financially afford to take care of us without it even being a second thought. But, you know, like mom and dad, y'all a lot. (laughs) Um, Y'all a lot. Y'all a lot. (laughs) Y'all a lot. Um, So moving home for me was definitely beautiful at times. I mean, something is simple. When you live in the suburbs, you really kind of take for granted being able to just get in the car, go to the grocery store, get in the car, go run your errands, get in the car, be able to do like X, Y, and Z without having to worry about parking, having to worry about get a ticket, have to worry about, I don't know, this biker on the side of the damn road who's doing crazy stuff in this traffic. Like you just don't have to worry about that living in the suburbs. So for me, that was just like so nice or being able to go for a walk in my neighborhood and not get catcalled and it just be the beautiful sound of chirping birds and kids running about. Um,
3: Why does Janae sound like she's, like just describing either a scene from Cinderella where she's singing to the birds bro, or like
0: snow white. Bro, that's that's literally how my soul that's how felt. It is. That's how it be. That's how that's it how, be. Yeah. That's how it be. Like I would literally be outside, just like oh, 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 oh. just happy, just happy to be outside with nature and not be bothered by anyone or anything.
3: Not gonna lie, I became a bird watcher when I went to my parents. Seriously, I'm like, oh my god, do you see
0: that red bird? What do you, what do we think it is? <laughs> like, I feel like I had so much time and mental capacity to just be without any distractions, which was so nice. Um, and I, I also love this time because I was able to spend so much time with my parents and spend time with my brother and sister and like spend time with my niece. It's a small thing, but my niece is like one in a few months. And when I first got home, she was, she always be acting sadity and stuff and acting like she don't know nobody, but I really don't think she knew me, which hurt me. And now it's kind of like, I jump on FaceTime and she's like, you know, or my brother and um, his wife came to Long Island last weekend and I visited them and she wasn't acting crazy at all. Like she knew me, like I'm her titi, I'm her auntie now. And before COVID, I I was afraid to see her because I was afraid I would hold her and she would freak out because she'd be like, I don't know who you are. Um, but this time it's just been great. And I can also highlight the fact that it's been giving me tests in creating boundaries with my family and specifically with my parents, just as simple as doing the dishes, right? Like you're the kid growing up. So if your parents ask you to do any type of chore or anything, you do it. But now it's like I come home as an adult where I have an apartment and my own dishes. I'm kind of like low key, high key. I'm going to do dishes only when I want to do dishes. That's it. This is your house. You live in it. (laughs) So, but it's it's like a little thing where you go and I'm like there are stacked up dishes. I should do them. I'm the child, but then I'm like, y'all gonna expect this from me if I regularly do the damn Wait, dishes? So I'm not. Like you
2: just wash your own dishes? Not in so my I, household. I feel, no. Yeah, I feel like with parents, I feel the same way on the, about the dishes, uh, Janae. Because like the the number one thing I had was like the dishes, and it got to the point where like me and my sister would text about it, like. I'd be like, bro, they still ain't putting up the dishes. Like, I'm sorry if my parents hear this, but then I just had to like tell my mom and I was like, yo, it's kind of disrespectful that you guys just assume me and Erica will just do all the dishes. Like we're not the only ones eating. If anything, we eat the the least. So I just think it's rude how every single time it's just expected for me to wake up, put the dishes, uh, take care of the dog, clean everything. And it's like, okay, I can do all that and pay rent at my apartment. i I don't mind helping out. I'm not trying to sound spoiled, but it's like, I don't want to do the dishes every goddamn day when I'm not the only one using them.
0: Exactly. And it's like, I don't mean to sound spoiled at all, but there just need to be these boundaries because I feel like parents are used to y'all's relationship being a certain way. And then you go to college and then you go live on your own and you never have to actually have a discussion of I'm an adult now with my own things. I am still your child, but I'm not playing the role of your child anymore. And it's
2: different because it's like, it used to be like, oh, mommy and daddy worked and whatever. But it's like, okay, well, now we're working from home. Now we have other things going on. We have other projects that need to put a lot of time into it. So it's like, I just can't be cleaning everything for fun. Like... It's just not. Y'all
3: not sound about. like y'all are
2: some parents dealing with some, like, unruly feels, children. I find this conversation so feel, funny. It feels like I, sometimes it does feel like me and my sister are the parents. And then my parents are, like, the children. It does feel like it's reverse. And I sometimes I have to step back and be like, these aren't my kids. Aren't my kids.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it, so when I went home, I felt like, kind of similar, but, like, not really in the way that I feel like my parents just underestimate my ability to actually take care of myself and do things. So, anytime I did do the dishes or, like, put them in the dishwasher or made dinner, it was kind of like, oh, Amari, look at what you did today. i kind of like, I'm like oh, I'd actually rather have that, though. I was like, what? And it was like, you know, and... It was like, it's cute, but then I'm like, but y'all act like I don't do this on a daily basis. Like I'm not capable of doing such simple tasks. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to stop being annoyed by it and I'm just going to lean into it. And then I kind of noticed myself transforming into like my teenage, like childhood self where I'm like, then I like start waiting for my mom to come home and like cook me dinner. And I, and at the, at the end of it, like I loved being home with my parents, but I was like, for my own, like personal growth and like mental (laughs) and mental space. I need to leave this, like, I need to leave this space because you're, you're living in your childhood bedroom. Your parents are cooking you dinner. You know, you're watching movies together and it's great, but it's also like, I feel like I'm
2: Am I 15 again? Yeah. Yeah. I I get that. Like, I've definitely, this is the first time my mom has cooked since high school. Like, when we were in college, like, we would just come home, and there would be legit nothing in the fridge. We'd be like, what's for dinner? She's like, I don't know, figure it out. So, like, now it's weird how she's like, I think she kind of, like, likes having the kids home for, like, a good amount of time. So, she's like, oh, I'll lean into my mommy responsibilities, and, like, now she has fun with, like, cooking and thinking of different ideas to cook, which I appreciate, so I'm just like okay I'll just accept it I'm not going to complain that she's cooking dinner but then I'm like okay Kia you need to like and also it's like a healthy thing too because I'm slowly trying to move into like a more vegan diet I'm not going to be vegan guys I love butter and cheese that's never going to happen but I'm trying to just incorporate more vegan dishes into my um diet which I was doing when I was living on my own because I would cook my lunch every like make my lunch every week and it would be very vegan or vegetarian options and um so I just didn't have that at my parents house my mom eats a lot of like more red meat and like just meat in general and my body's like not reacting well to it and I'm just like for my own sake I have to actually like kind of slowly be like aware of what I'm I'm um, digesting, so I do have to make a more conscious effort of like, okay, kia your body doesn't react well to all of this. Like, even though your mom's making the dinner, you have to like make sure it's kind of like more vegan options too. So, that's going to be interesting um as well because I'm like, oh, I don't want to cook.
0: Rachel, you look like you wanted to say something at one point.
1: I did, but I I know this is y'all segment, um, so because yep, the prompt because I'm not um. I didn't go back home, but with Amari saying that whenever she would clean or cook, her parents were like impressed. When I was living at home, I don't know if it's a Caribbean thing, but when I was living at home and I would clean or cook, uh, especially cook, uh, my dad would just be like, oh wow, you cook, oh wow, it tastes so good. Like, yeah, like we were raised, you raised us to like learn how to cook and do certain things. So why are you impressed that I know how to do it? And um, I'm an adult. So, um, that with that, um yeah, and then like going back to uh what you guys said about just you know going home and um, being in your childhood home and dealing with your parents, I don't know if I would have been able to do it because my parents are a lot they they do act like um children sometimes sometimes when I'm, like when I go over and visit them and I'm telling them to do certain things, I feel like I'm the parent. Um, but and they're, they're both very, very stubborn. So I love them. I love them to death. But I, I appreciate and love my space. Um, so um, since I didn't move back home, but I do live with my boyfriend, um, navigating, um, living with my partner, especially during COVID. It has been interesting. It's been there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, And it's just us learning how to communicate better, and we have both started taking on activities that we enjoy together and also, like, separately. Um, He's getting into, like, film and photography because that's something that he both wanted to do, my boyfriend, and then for me, I'm, you know, trying to... um, get into being like consistent and writing and, um, you know, putting more ball posts up because that's what I enjoy doing. And, um, so it's, it's about, um, just doing activities that you guys both enjoy and because <laughs> there's, there's going to be time with, um, you're not gonna always want to be, on top of each other or like be around each other. So it's also healthy to like have that uh, distance as well as like coming and being together. So let's move on to the next um, prompt is how oh no that's the wrong one. Uh, Has COVID shifted our goals, dreams, and priorities?
2: Ooh, I'll talk I'll talk a a little bit. I I don't live with a partner, obviously. Um, I am single. (laughs) But um, I I do live with roommates. And I think for me, I'm just going to say some things, um, that there is some type of, like, awareness of, like, how selfish people can be, especially with shared space. And I don't know if it's because quarantine is, like, making people realize certain things or, like, wanting to be more selfish because they're at home more. But, like, I can't deal with the selfishness and like the not cleaning and like not respecting a shared space and having like significant others over or, like people over constantly during a, a pandemic. is it, just like rude to me. And I think after this, I'm just like, I think a hundred percent, I need to just live alone. And that's no shade to anyone. Like it really is like, I can't deal with the, like I'm 20, I'm about to be 26. And before when I was like 21, I was like, Oh, I can't imagine living alone. I'd be so lonely. And I think especially during quarantine, Even when I'm at my parents' house, I'm like, oh, I can be in this room legit forty eight hours and not talk to anyone and I'll be okay. And that's again, no shade to my parents. I love you guys. But I'm okay being alone for long periods of time, which before I wasn't. And maybe it's a growth thing, maybe it's an age thing. But I also think I just need my personal space, especially when I'm like doing videos for this or podcasting or something. I just don't want to deal about someone's significant other. I don't wanna deal with like cleaning up after someone and I'm just like I simply cannot see it any other way that I will not absolutely will not live with people unless yeah. you engage to me I'm telling
3: <laughs> you once you once you live by yourself once again this is a very to be able to have the ability to live by yourself is a great privilege but if you have that ability to live by yourself like live by yourself everyone who
2: lives alone tells me that and I'm like Listen, I, I'm manifesting guys mm. I'd I'm be walking in my
3: apartment naked. I'm in charge <laughs> of the the air, the heat, the cooling. Like I don't have anyone to like consider in my personal space. It's awesome, and I actually kind of worry sometimes about like you know after graduation if I move somewhere where I can't afford to live by myself, how I might potentially function in that space. Because
2: I, I don't just don't think I, do I can it. It. I I don't do it. And that's why I'm like, you know what. I'll, I'm moving back in with my parents in November and I'm very grateful I have the opportunity to do that um, because other things that have happened and I can do that for six months or whatever how much time I leave but like I will not leave that place until I know I can comfortably afford the place I want to live in and if that means extending that time of a parent so be it but I simply refuse to just move in with And even if it's like one of my friends or something, I just just don't physically think I can do it.
3: Yeah. I think if you can afford to, everyone at some point in their life should live by themselves, especially if you see yourself getting married in the future. Like you're going to have a lot of years to live with someone. And if you have kids in that mix, like you ain't going to be by yourself at all. So I'm like relishing this time.
0: I, yeah I also have been like I, I have been manifesting this for a very very long time and I'm now getting to the point where I'm kind of like okay maybe I'm getting closer um and I think actually going back home really concreted this for me too like it it made me realize that because with with my family we're all very good at doing our own thing and doing our own shit and luckily my home back home is big enough where we can all just be in our own space and like for me that was just like I absolutely love this and I think something else like that shifted for me was realizing that I need to be able to visit home every few months like that really clicked for me because no matter how ridiculous or annoying my family can be at times it's like they are my people. Like, they are, like, my happy place and my comfort. And, like, my mom, legit, is, like, my best friend. Like, Aww. legit. Like, Paris Price, you the real one. Hi, <laughs> Paris. And, it, and it's, like, it, it just made me realize that, like, these are my people. I don't have forever with them. So I would like to be able to, you know, live alone where I have my own space but also go visit them every two months for a few days and go back I do miss that
3: I do miss that ability because like being in when I was in New York I would literally go home once a month I would just take the bus up home um and now I'm like um if I want to go home it's a 10-hour drive like it really does um yeah I think having that's important like and and also like being able to realize that you know, that's going to be like a number one priority moving forward is like seeing your family.
2: Yeah, it has to be. Cause I think like a lot of times we move for like jobs and stuff like that, which is fine. But I I know for me personally, like there's been a lot of talk of like, Kia, you should move to LA, you should move to LA. And like partially the reason like why we did layoffs is because my, the development team was in LA and I'm just like, I'm not going to move across the country for a subpar media job to move away from my parents and my family and my life. Like it's just not worth it to me. Like I'd rather just not have the job I want if I if that means I have to uproot like every everyone I like because at the end of the day what's important is like the people I like. And I think the one thing ha- that has been consistent, it hasn't been my job, it hasn't been friends, like it hasn't been my living space. All those things have changed in the last like month, but it has been like my family's support and I do like how, where I'm just sad, I'll just like go, go to my mom and just like, just sit with her. And then I automatically feel better. And and it's like, Oh, I'm going to cherish that a little more now. And, and that's also partially why I want to stay in Jersey. Cause I have a car to like see my parents and it's, it's just easier. Um, but it's also realizing during COVID that my parents aren't perfect. And I think a lot of times we have this idea where, you know, you're younger and you're like, my mom just does everything right. My dad thinks everything right. And then you talk to them as like an adult and you're like, oh, okay, we disagree on some things. They're not, um, they don't feel the same way in all the issues that I feel the same way. So that's been something that's pretty interesting too. Grappling with COVID is that just re- being aware of these things where it's like, oh, you and your parents aren't gonna align on every single issue. And, like, they also have flaws, too, and you just have to, like, accept that. I don't know if anyone else has felt that way, but I've definitely realized
4: I mean, that.
2: I think, I think when I... For me,
3: when I realized that my parents weren't perfect human beings, that was actually a pretty detrimental <laughs> um, uh, moment for me, just because I had had a very clear image of, like, who they were, and, like, realizing that they're humans and flawed was, like, really confusing to, like, grapple with. Um, so I think going back into COVID like having that already in my mind was, was pretty helpful, but also like having to constantly remind myself like, okay, yes, they are flawed. They have their issues. Like we, like you said, like we don't align on anything and like trying to make sure that that doesn't uh, like cloud how I see them because they're two of my very favorite people in the world. It just sucks having to like deal with the fact that like two people you love um, a lot, like you don't like, it's not all, like, rainbows and sunshine all the time. Like, you're going to have disagreements. And um, so, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. But, yes, no, I, I agree with cool.
2: you, Kia. <laughs> that's a good point.
0: Um, no,
3: y'all, y'all said it perfectly. It's,
0: you come back home and you, and I, I saw this before, that me and my parents didn't see eye to eye on things socially. Um, and then you come back home and you have to live home for a certain amount of months. And you're like, we're getting in arguments at the dinner
3: table <laughs> over gender know, and right? stuff by, like that. And by it's the just time like, I left, my dad was like, I don't think you like me, Amari. Like, You may love me, but you don't like me. And I'm like, no, no I I and love like, and like you. Exactly. I just, I just You're just old-fashioned sometimes. as hell. You're just
0: old-fashioned <laughs> as hell right now and you need to chill out and stop being a boomer. That's all.
3: <laughs> Wait, Rachel, you were going to say something?
1: No, no. I'm, y- okay. Y'all made... Um, very good points um you know if you want to quickly go you know talk about um what our goals dreams and priorities have they changed due to covid Ooh.
3: well yes. i mean like i feel like y'all have i feel like y'all's things i feel like a lot of things like career-wise and goal-wise have like you guys have had a lot more epiphanies than i have um yeah. or like i think more things just have happened in career-wise um yeah but for me yeah. i think it's <laughs> sorry um, for me, I think it's just that, like, and even through, like, your experiences and, like, watching you guys, I think it's just, like, wow, life is too short to be spending it doing something I don't like. And I think COVID has, like, really put into, um, glaring, like, glaring view my own mortality. And I'm, like, you know, I hope, like, anyone can get infected and, like, you don't know how you're going to, like, how your body's going to interact with this, with this. And it's just, like, how do I want to spend whatever time I have? on earth and what do I want to spend it doing. Um I'm still trying to figure out what I want to spend it doing. But I know I want to make sure I um that I like my job, especially if it's gonna take up so much of my life. And like that's kind of just like been the epiphany so I'm like block out the people who say like your creative works won't like bring you any income. I'm like, okay, well, whatever.
2: And they're unhappy. So just yeah. That I mean I think that's important. Um can I will let you go first because I feel like mine's like a lot. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, I've said it 96 times by now. I lost my job due to COVID. Um, so that was definitely a blessing, I will say. Um, and it made me, I don't know, I wasn't happy there. So like I lost my job and I was like, okay, um, was able to get severance and, and unemployment. Um, and I don't know just just remap and retool um, and, and refocus exactly what I want. And it also made me realize that like the way our economy is in the U.S. and the way people are set up to work and live life is not good. And I definitely want to be able to have a job and have work, but it's not going to be my everything. Like, I think it just made me realize that, like, my job doesn't define who I am. And for so long, because I worked at a a big brand company and a big name, I I felt so proud of that. Like, that was like, I work at X, Y, and Z. And now it's just kind of like, that doesn't need to be my everything.
2: That's a good point because, okay, I also got laid off at that job with Janae. Um, And that that time it was a little rough because that was the first time I was a little younger. And, um... It was just a lot to handle, and this time I also got laid off, and I really don't even think it was due to COVID. I think it's just because they wanted to restructure, and I think it's a little evil to restructure during a pandemic when you make billions of dollars, Um, but that's just my opinion, and I think now that that's happened a second time, it just, like, I actually wasn't sad this time. I actually didn't cry at all. Um, I, I was, like, I felt like a relief off my shoulders when it happened. Like, it was weird, and I, and the- I swear, like, the month after that, it's been the happiest I've ever been. And it's not like I didn't – I didn't dislike my job. I actually really liked my job, and I worked really hard to get there. Um, But I think it's realizing that I need to take things into my own hands even more, where I've always been that person where, like, I'm not going to work this shitty corporate job, this nine-to-five, and that's why I do put a lot of time into, like, my studies, where I went to school for media, and I did all these internships, and I did radio, and I always was the one pursuing that. I wasn't just, like, some – boring job and like I'm I did work very hard to go into talent and development which is one of the most creative things you can do in terms of the corporate media sector um so it did hurt that 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 got taken away because it's, there's not a lot of opportunity especially in New York for that um but I think it just solidified my ideas that I'm just not cut out for corporate and corporate's not cut out for me it's kind of mutual and I'm okay with that and I haven't been like actively pursuing a job Uh, especially not in the media industry and before I got to my current like my last job I kind of like gave up on my dreams a little bit where I was like you know my goal is to be like a host or you know have some type of income for myself and I think seeing it in the actual like industry it it just kind of like deterred me a little bit because I saw how hard it was to do it But then with this podcast, like, I'm like, wait, I'm actually am doing what I like. Like, I I love the podcast. I put so much work into it. And like, I I love putting so much work into it. I love that this is what I spend my time doing. And I want to do that full time. So it's kind of been like, um, a little push for me where it's like, okay, great. Now I'm going to monetize the podcast. And then I think I'm also going to maybe do like a YouTube channel because I'm like, I have time now. So this is what I want to do. And like seeing my best friend Bacola monetize her YouTube channel and like get a job at YouTube from her YouTube channel. it just kind of opened my eyes like, oh, I should really actually like put a lot of energy into myself and I will reap the benefits. And it's very positive to see like people coming to the podcast. And like, I'm not saying, I, I don't know where things will take me. I'm hoping that I could just monetize the side projects but if I have to I will do like a like a tech job just because I feel like media just hasn't appreciated me and I think like getting laid off twice before 25 I just I don't think that should be common and I I hope that's not common for a lot of people but it just it's just crazy because I look at my resume and I'm like wow you would have thought like I would have not been here um so I'm just like you know what? I'm not gonna let corporate politics decide if I have a job or not I'm just gonna decide if I have a job or not, if that makes sense. Sorry, that was a lot, (laughs) (laughs) that's just kind of how I'm feeling.
1: Um, for, for me, it has, um, shifted my priorities. Um, I'm now focused on ownership and learning about, you know, um, owning my own home one day and also doing, um, doing things that i that i love aside from my my job like i enjoyed the work that i do but now it's like okay how can i um improve and learn more skills and even um elevate and to make more money doing what i'm doing and that's what um COVID has um done for me like my goals are the same but it, it, it just has brought me to really focus on focus on my goals and my priorities and actually put work towards it It'd be, it's, it's good to have a list of what you want to do um we, we can manifest but if if we're not putting the work towards it then it's like why why are you why are you putting yourself in this predicament why are you saying that you want x y and z you you want these things but you're not going after it so that's for me that's what I've been you know dealing with and um putting that work towards my my dreams and also my goals um for Amari did you did you go
3: Um, yeah I did go but I know these like I think our two prompts kind of like melded into one about like yeah um, what we personally lost and like but I think like for a lot of us like what we've lost has also like informed what we want our goals and priorities to be. Um, But like one of the things I lost during uh, COVID during April um, was my aunt. And so I lost the ability to then be able to attend her funeral um, and see her off. And I think there's just been like for me personally, a lot of like guilt around her passing because literally every day during March, I kept on saying, like, I kept on waking up and being like, I'm going to call Aunt Fleazy. And, like, I just, like, never called her. Um, And the day that my mom and I went to go call her was the day we got the call that she had passed away. Um, So it was just, like, a lot of guilt around that. Um, And I really credit her with, like, you know, one of my goals growing up was to always um, be an editor at a magazine. And I was able to be an editor, a social media editor at a magazine um, in that And a lot of that was because she gave me, um, you know, housing. Like I lived with her when I first moved to New York and she took me in, fed me, gave me a whole nice room to myself and never asked for um, anything in return. And so like, I think uh, it's, I associate New York with her. And so it's really weird. Well, not the whole state of New York, but like very, very specifically Brooklyn, which is a place I love. So it's really hard, I think, to like think about um, like, her house without her in it. And, like, also, like, I don't know how I would feel going in her house without her being in there. Oh, you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Aww. It's okay, Mari. You don't go if it's just, like... Just, like, really sucks not having the ability to touch people you love and and like mm-hmm. think about touching them and like being like oh shit like do i have covid do they have covid like what's that going to be and then like not being able to even like like physically like say goodbye to people you love like i had to like watch her funeral over zoom and it's just like a really impersonal um experience so yeah i mean i think it's put into perspective like wow like shit like when you when someone comes to your mind like call them
2: and like, just like call them
3: so yeah <laughs> sorry guys
4: no that's,
2: okay that's, that's hard like, yeah no it's hard if you've known this person your whole life and you have to like stream their funeral because the, the the protocol is like there can only be so many people at a funeral there's nothing you can do but i think like give yourself a little grace with um with calling her just because it's like you you had no idea you know and um that, that was just a chance that she happened to to go away at that day but I, I like I don't think she would ever have any like resentment toward you and and when I saw my psychic she actually brought that up because my um aunt also passed away during COVID and um the psychic was kind of talking about how like oh you know your family feels like bad because they didn't reach out to her or something but she wants you to know that like that's okay so I don't know if you're into spirituality and psychics but sometimes it does help to have that you know whatever you believe in to have some type of thing like what they're saying to you Um, but I think most of the times it's like you know there's no resentment there like you would have no idea that that was happening and you that doesn't take away the fact that you cared about her and loved her and you know she felt your love you know when when she was here on earth so I just just give yourself a little grace with that.
3: Yeah. yeah um yeah um I think like she wasn't a very like lovey dovey person. Um but I think it's been helpful like knowing people who were too were also really close to her and just like them expressing to me like how much she appreciated our relationship, um, which like does does mean a lot.
2: Yeah, that does a lot. Um I guess I'll go next. I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> um, Sorry to bring the no, mood okay. <laughs> up. Um, I guess I can say that I, I am blessed so far. I don't think I've lost any anyone in my family to COVID. We did lose um, my uncle's wife.
3: Oh yeah, she didn't. She also didn't die of COVID. She died of other respiratory issues. Oh,
2: okay, but, COVID, but did, COVID did. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. Um, we don't know what she died of. I think I think she had other issues that she died. Of. It just sucks because um my my uncle was married to her since like I don't know it had to be like 50 years or something crazy like that so that's all he knew and that's all we knew and it was just crazy to like hear him cry like on the phone and like my mom felt so bad because that's her brother and and the family lives in North Carolina we couldn't go down there and we're like oh we'll go in the summer and, and you know it's still you can't go in the summer so it's like I don't know what I'm gonna see them and like You know, luckily he has family down there, but it's tough because it's my mom's brother. She wants to be there for him and she just can't. Um, In terms of other things, like I think when I look about what I want on paper and I had this idea when I was in my early 20s, what I wanted in 25, and I was like, I want to be in a managerial role. I want to live alone. I want to have a long-term partner. And it's just funny looking back at the now because I'm like, oh, I have none of those things. (laughs) But it's interesting because it's it's almost, in a way, moving back. So it's like, okay, now I don't have the apartment, I don't have a job, and I definitely don't have a partner. But it feels a way where it seems like a clean slate. Like, all those things were kind of taken, taken away or, like, removed from my life. But it seems like I have the ability to have a clean slate and kind of, like, turn that around. So, like, I'm like, okay, now I have the ability to, like, work on myself, work on my projects, monetize that, get a new job get a new apartment hopefully be able to date better people and it, and it's it's weird because it's like when I look at it on paper I'm like oh fuck I don't have anything but when I when I think about it I'm like oh I actually feel really grounded and content right now because it's like in my own hands like I have the ability to like dictate what is in my life for the next six months and I'm hoping that the next six months it's like a lot of growth and I come out on the side where it's like oh I do have a lot of the things I've been achieving for it's just that I had to like remove myself from all these situations to really work on what I want and pursue it so that's kind of um how I've been feeling it's a weird it's weird
0: um just really quickly something that I think I've lost I already said my job but um on a less tangible level an emotional level I'll say that like the sense of time I think for me for a really 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 long time it's been important for me to have a routine and then i think i've kind of learned to reward myself because i have a routine like you did an entire day of of work at your job today and you commuted so now you deserve to watch a tv show you deserve to eat something sweet or unhealthy like that's i think that very much show was how like the honor system in my brain worked and now not having a job and not having like a tangible list of of things to do every day has made me kind of question, well, have I done enough? Do I deserve to chill out? Do I deserve to watch a TV show? Um, so I think I finally gotten to the point where I'm like, bitch, you deserve because you're human. Like you deserve because you're here. Um, so for me, that's been like, it's been something that I've lost a sense of like having a set list and a set schedule. But I think in that I've kind of gained realizing that I don't necessarily need that and that I can dictate my own shit. So, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. yes,
1: you deserve it. <laughs> uh, for me, um, I feel like I've gained more than I've lost and I'm, I'm grateful to say that. Um, I didn't really lose anything during COVID Well, during the last, uh, six months, but for me, I've just gained an understanding of like who I am and also like what I want in life and the, the woman that I want to be. Um, and that has been uh, very important for me because I've, I'm still working on myself and things that, um, has happened to me in my past, but, um, I've just gained a little bit more clarity and now that I have this clarity then just me pushing myself even more to um, move forward because there are days where I'm just like stuck mentally just like don't know what to do I'm just like stuck but then um, we do have to give ourselves grace and we have to say hey I'm, I'm only human and if you do wanna just sit on the couch after work and just you know and watch TV because your mind has been racing all day and you just need some time to just decompress and just sit and sit and alone and be by yourself, Rachel, then just do it, you know. But, but then it's like, because I, I was telling my therapist um, the other day, I'm trying to get myself out of that cycle that I was just so used to since I was a child because it's just, it was school, come home, do homework, you know, go to sleep, wake up. It was like, and and, and it's still today, work, um, after work, watch TV, so I was like, okay, I need to like get myself out of that cycle and do something different and that's what I'm like currently working on right now. So that's that's what uh, that's what I gained uh, during Covid.
0: I can also like pay back on the gaining. like I have gained so much and I know that there are so many people who have lost things and yeah. like blessings and all the love your way. But I can honestly say from COVID, like, I've been able to move back home, which has made me more financially stable. Like, for the first time in my life, I have two savings accounts that are looking sexy. Like, I have never in my life had one savings account that was looking sexy. Like, never. Um I've been able to spend tons of quality time with my family, just on like smaller levels. I started doing paint pours, which I felt really good about. Um, I did my own like goddess twist, which I was like, what? She could do her own her. Um, I've made some great, great, great breakthroughs in therapy, which I feel like could only happen because I had so much more time to think and and digest and, and ponder life and all those things. Um, I even like gained a booty for a half a second when I was biking a lot back home. Um, so she was like popping and looking thick. Um, and then I stopped working out, but I've started working out again. So yes, we're here, we're doing it. We're working on ourselves. So I feel like I've gained so much.
3: I really do appreciate the time that I was able to spend with my parents, even though some of it was trying. Um, I realized that, like, wow, this is the first time I've spent this extended period of with my parents since college when I would come home for, like, summer vacations. Maybe that was only in the beginning of college because outside of that, I was interning. Um, I've also gotten the chance to, like, make my apartment in North Carolina pretty homey, which also sucks because I'm like, my ass might not be here in a few months. Um, but... I've gotten to like put artwork up on the walls and it just like makes it feel more personable and nice. And, um, but also like while I've realized I really do, I've, I've always been kind of like a homebody. So I think like I'm also, I'm a homebody and I'm a germaphobe. So I think I've been preparing unknowingly for this moment in time. Um, so I've been doing pretty well mentally. I mean, of course I do sometimes break down, um, after like going through the same space over and over again. Um, but I'm also starting to realize that like, I like people, more than i thought i did and that i really do
2: <laughs> I wow really- that is the opposite for me <laughs> Ooh, i'm like i actually don't i'm like questioning if i'm even an extrovert anymore
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're like i'm i'm actually pretty okay not seeing you guys ever again
2: <laughs> like, I, <think> I'm good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean like i'm not saying like all people like i'm starting to realize that there were some people that i was seeing too much that like now i'm like okay by myself but um I do realize that, like, I do gain energy, like, even though I'm an introvert, I do need to see people and, like, gain that energy from those back and forth, and I, I, I like, I, like, miss it, you know, like, the year that, you know, I was so excited when Rachel moved to Atlanta, because I'm like, huh, I can drive down to Rachel all the time, we were, like, planning these weekend, like, these regular weekend trips, and now, I'm like, she's here, and I can't see her. <laughs> Aw,
1: you guys will see each other soon. We will, we will. Has COVID made us more mature? Mature.
3: Um, I think my answer for this was like, I think it's made me more mature in like realizing that I'm not, well, I never thought I was invincible, but like realizing that like anything can take you out at any moment. So um, Amari, maybe you need to like, like at one point guys, I'm not going to lie. I thought about making myself a will. And then I realized that my mom still has access to my bank account, so it doesn't matter. She'll get whatever money is in there. Um, But no, I think, like, you know, like, but also making sure, like, setting up other accounts so that, you know, I have a beneficiary or or something. And I think it's, like, made me um, mature in that respect, but... I mean, guys. I think I've always been mature for my age, so um, no. So I don't. I don't know if it's if it's changed really over this time. I I agree.
1: I feel like I've always been mature, but it COVID has. Um, I do have life insurance, so like I. I see. I, I hear you, Amari. Like, you know what I mean? Cause there's just certain things that you just have to have lined up because you just never know. And I think that's what has happened, um, life is short. So don't just sit around waiting for things to like happen. You just got to get up and take action and make sure that you're okay.
2: You know, I'm just going to say, I think every day I try to grow and hopefully COVID has me more mature. I think it has, but you know, maybe some people feel otherwise. I don't know, but I think internally, it's I've been forced to grow just because certain situations where it's like there's no other way. Like I think if if things would have happened for me, what's happening now, two years ago, I think it would have been really really hard for me to adapt. But I think just because everything that's happened, actually, the last two years. Like, when, Like the first time I lost my job, it was actually really rough, and I was like, oh, I'll never have to do this again. And then a year later, it's like, oh, shit, it's a pandemic. But it's actually, I, I've been coping with it better, so <laughs> it's weird. It's like, it's almost like I've been prepared for this moment to, like, get through it, and, like, I feel positive about it. Um, but, but yeah, that's just the internal internal thing for me.
0: I personally feel like a goddess right now, to be honest. And I piggyback on Nikia because of the whole growth thing. Like, I honestly feel like I'm growing so much. Like, I've been mature. I've been mature my entire life, right? But I just feel like now I've just grown in so many ways and I'm just constantly, like, I'm working on myself a lot more than I have right now working on myself mentally working on myself physically you know not being stupid in ways that I've been stupid in the past and really just being like Janae come on girl um and I'm I'm happy I'm I'm really happy there's this one picture that I took and I I mentioned this before but I got lost in other thoughts but I've been reading like this, uh, webtoon about like gods and goddesses. And then I took this really pretty picture of myself holding flowers and I'm just like, I feel like Demeter. Like I, I feel like,
2: Oh my God. I love that. I love Greek mythology,
0: so I'm like. I love Greek right mythology now. too, but I, like, so I took a whole class
2: senior
3: year
0: in high school. Me too. <laughs> Vision's
2: awesome. I took one scene in high school and college. I'm obsessed <laughs> with
0: it. It's so cool. It's so cool, and I just feel like a goddess right now. Like I feel like I'd be growing shit. Like I even got some plants. I have some plants now, and they're flourishing. Like I feel like I, I, I touch got things. I, I feel like I touch things, and they just grow life.
2: I'm definitely not Demeter, because every time I have plants, they die. I'm definitely, like, an Athena or Artemis, I guess, (laughs) it's not Demeter. But I do think the, like,
3: the, not the cool thing, but, like, one thing that has been cool to collectively watch, at least through social media during this time, has been people's, um, interest in plants and, like, getting plants and growing things, particularly, I think, when it comes to Black people, um, granted, we were forced into, um, labor in the united states to grow things but i do think even you like if you look at the history like i think um that's been a very big thing so like our ability to grow things so i think it's been cool to see like oh i'm tapping into this like almost ancestral like part of myself and look at that shit Mm. look at that scallion it's thick (laughs) (laughs)
1: Now we're gonna move on to time to talk mental health. On this segment, I wanted to um, just talk about the work that that needs to be done outside of therapy, like putting the work in outside of therapy. Um, it is important that we are that you if you are in therapy and even even if you're not in therapy, I feel like some of these um, tips that I've been doing. I feel like it, it'll be able to help you as well. Um, but outside of talking to your therapist, Uh, it is important that you are also putting in that work. Um, My therapist, she gives me like homework after every session, not every, not every session. I've been, um, just to be honest, I haven't been like really doing some of the work that she told me to do in the past because of like the problems that I had within myself. I just like couldn't like, couldn't come out and just say, okay, I'm going to like really dig into this. And I realized that, that that has set me back. And um, whether it's journaling or reading, getting physical activity, um, and just really taking time like by yourself after your therapy sessions, it doesn't have to be right away, but just after the time that you have between each therapy session to really focus on the issue that you talked about, to, we talked to your therapist about and how you can become better. I've been um, listening to a lot of audiobooks on YouTube when I feel really, really anxious and I have a lot going on in my mind. um, I've realized instead of just trying to figure out what it is, what what works best for me is sitting down with myself, listening to classical music, reading a book, listening to a book, or even, um, I bought an adult coloring book just to help quiet my mind, and it is so relaxing. I'm telling you, if you don't, if you never tried it, try it, buy one, and see if it works for you. It just helps with quieting my mind and in um, easing and quieting my anxiety as well. So if you, so for, for, for you to find something that makes you happy, find something that um, relaxes you and calms you down, and if you can do it like every day for a week and see how that changes. Um, because if you're going to therapy and spending money in therapy but you're not actually doing the work outside of it you're not going to see growth and you're not going to see change within you and all of that time is going to be wasted if you're not putting in the time outside of therapy to fix yourself and to grow and to be a better person
2: it's so funny you said that because I literally tweeted yesterday um what did I tweet? I was actually looking at the tweet. It was about therapy and people not actually putting in the work. Hold on. I'm kind of mm. shady. It said, some of y'all be going to therapy and be moving backwards. Because I feel like that's yeah. there's a couple of people where I'm like, they'll tell me like, yeah, I'm going to therapy. I'm doing all this stuff. And then I'm like looking at the way they act. And I'm like, why do you seem worse? Like, what are we telling the therapist? Yeah. yeah but like,
3: like Rachel said, it's like putting in the work afterwards. But also like, I think what I've noticed in therapy too is that like, like, I have to remind myself, like, you're in therapy, so when she gives you advice, like, one of the things I do struggle with is boundaries, um, with, like, family members, with, like, other people, and so she tells me advice on how to set boundaries, and I'm like, I don't want to hurt their feelings, like, whatever, so I don't set the boundaries, and then I end up, you know, one of the reasons why I'm in therapy, (laughs) not listening to it, so, like you said, like, it's important to do the homework and, um, like, put in the work outside of those, like, small slots of time during the week
1: because because we go to therapy to change you know so if you know if you're not doing the work then it's you're not going to see like i said before you're not going to see that growth um Mm. but also before we move on to janae's segment i want to announce that this will be my last episode uh, recording with the so-called oreos podcast i want to thank you ladies amari janae and for this amazing experience. Um, Just being able to do my segment has helped me a lot as a person and also be able to talk about the issues that uh, we face in society. Um, And I think coming out and speaking about the topics um, in this podcast, I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that, you know, growing up and then, or thinking that, oh, I thought I was the only one um, going through these issues. And then uh, seeing uh, our listeners and how supportive they have been so I just want to say thank you to everyone this has been an amazing journey I've learned a lot um, and I will continue to support uh, the Oreos so called Oreos podcast and I hope you guys continue to support them too continue to listen I'll follow them on social media um, because they're doing really big things
3: Aw, thank I'm you Rachel <laughs> I still have not internally accepted it so yeah. Rachel's always always an oreo always an og her mic is always open um if and when she ever wants to to come back but thank you for starting this with us and yeah. your segment mental health it has according to is according to our surveys like one of the most popular segments people really love and i think it's really mm-hmm. helping people so you've done you've done
1: i work. will i will always be an advocate for for uh, mental health um so look out for me on social media as well mm-hmm.
3: Oh, yeah. oh wait also i feel like we do this with everyone else so like also tell people where they can find you outside of so-called oreos because i feel like some like i feel like our followers are trying to like find us and may not necessarily know where they can find us too
1: oh my uh, my handle is r-a-c-h dot f-o-w-l-e-r uh you can find me on instagram and i also have a blog my sister's keeper um it's also linked in my bio okay Follow
0: Rachel, give her love, give mm-hmm. her support. She's an Oreo.
3: Love and she's her. just like a bright light.
0: A bright light. Light. Just a bright light. A bright light. Okay. Tough act to follow, um, but the shits. <laughs> we had someone write in. This week, um, I'm so sorry. I actually did not get your name in the screenshot, but um, how do you deal with being a first gen and not really fitting into either culture? He is Jamaican, and I actually she, don't I believe she. Yeah. My bad. She is Jamaican, and I don't know what this other flag is because I'm an ignorant person. Uh,
1: I think that's the Barbados. That's the word. Barbados, I
0: think. <laughs> okay. I well, she she is a mixture of um, different island cultures. We'll so say that um so although i am not first generation um and you know my family is from a different part of the diaspora i can definitely identify i mean that's what this entire podcast is about right being an oreo and not necessarily fitting into um either culture you're a part of being Um, Black and feeling like you're not generally accepted into Black culture, um, but constantly being surrounded by white people and not being supported or accepted into white culture as well. Um, So how do I deal with it? How did I deal with it? How did we deal with it? I honestly feel like I always surrounded myself with kind of like-minded people. I know earlier in my life and in high school, I gravitated toward a lot of the mixed kids I was around because although I'm not mixed we went through a lot of the same things Um, and then later on for me that was surrounding myself with in college people that were working toward the same things as me and it just so happened that a lot of the people who were working towards the same goals as me had the same background as me so I would definitely say that that could come in kind of evaluating the people that you are surrounding yourself with now um, just friend-wise and seeing if they are moving toward the same things as you and have similar backgrounds as you. And with family, which is something that's hard because your family will always unknowingly do annoying things like, you know, calling you out for not being as culturally up to date as they feel like you should. Um, Just understand that you are who you are and that person is beautiful and you're not necessarily beholden to these cultural guidelines and rules that we hold ourselves to. Just be you and the people who really like you and and mess with you will stay around whether you do things that are culturally acceptable or not.
3: That's my advice. Yeah. I think that was good advice. I mean, thank you. Um, (laughs) yeah, I, I'm also too a first gen. Um, my parents are both Jamaican. Um, and this is something I've struggled with my entire life. I like to call it like the cultural ambiguity of being a first generation American because it's like you don't feel American enough. You don't feel, you know, for me, I don't feel Jamaican enough. Um, you know, it's people measuring my Jamaicanness ness based off of the music I listen to, the food I'm able to cook, um, how good my fake patois is, which is non-existent because I just sound like an American trying to. Do I don't even sound as good as Tom Hanks' son? Like it's embarrassing. Um, so that is definitely something I've struggled with, and I think how I come to terms with it is like overall. Again, like what this what Janae like touched on. What this podcast is about is like people judging and creating guidelines for you as a person, which is just like unfair and unreasonable. So I've kind of just learned to ignore, um you know, people's comments on whether I'm Jamaican enough or I'm an American enough. Like. I'm enough you know I'm I have pride in where my family comes from I may not be able to cook you know I haven't tried oxtail because I find that very intimidating I may not be able to cook it but you know um I still participate in you know our culture and like I was raised in a Jamaican household by two very Jamaican people you can't tell me I'm not Jamaican like I don't I really don't care so um and, you know, like, in my adulthood, I think it's just, like, also gravitating towards other first-gen, you know, people. I think, like, you know, Janae was the one who introduced me to Rachel, but I think one of the great reasons why Rachel and I were able to hit it off is because, like, we know what it's like to be raised by Caribbean parents, and that's a mm-hmm. very unique experience. <laughs> like, right. they're no joke. <laughs>
1: they're no joke. Uh, I'm Yeah, I'm also first-generation. Um, you also have to remember that both of my like both of your parents i don't i don't know if the listener but both of my parents are haitian okay and i'm born in i'm born in America so you're also pushed into american cult, american culture so you' you're you learn you're pushed to to teach the to learn the language to learn the culture um so depending on like your household and how you're raised um, you're you're gonna feel like you don't fit into either coaches because you're like okay i have to learn how to speak Korean, i have to understand the music and the language but then i also have to like go out here in america and try to fit in so there will there is there will be a clash um but like amari and Janae said just find people who um who have common interests as you and um you're enough like don't don't bother don't listen to other people have to say and if you um want to learn more about both cultures like go ahead learn about um other cultures as well um educate yourself um don't just uh feel like you have to just stick to like learning about certain the culture that you were raised in because it'll broaden your
3: horizon and you'll you'll meet other people Mm -hmm. and i and you touched on a really good point is that is the and this is this the whole, whole whole like immigrant story is assimilation like america forces you tries to force you to kind of just like in order to assimilate you have there are certain parts like it forces you to like let go of your culture like not necessarily be as you know like proud of it i know a lot of you know um i mean i haven't experienced that but i know other but you know kids whose parents grew up speaking another language sometimes like growing up they there was like this is like um you know the language barrier but also like not the embarrassment but i don't know how to put it like I don't know, scratch what I just
1: said. Yeah, but I know know what you're saying. You know, it wasn't, I don't want to say embarrassed or, Mm -hmm. you know, but I can't put the word on it, but I I know exactly what you mean about that. Um, Yeah,
3: and I think it's like unfair for people, you know, immigrants you know, they're coming to America for a better life, more access to certain things, and, like, I think it's, and so, because of assimilation, I do think it's unfair to kind of dock first-generation Americans for being American, when, like, Mm -hmm. y'all chose to have us here, like, y'all moved here, and then you're kind of, like, almost, it feels like almost like a punishment for adapting to the culture in which you were raised, and it's, like, ow, if I could be fully Jamaican, born and raised in Jamaica, like, I would, but I didn't have a say over that. So I do think it's, like, I do feel like first gens and second gens kind of have it rough sometimes where you're you're punished for not being what your culture is, like, fully. But then also, like, Americans don't necessarily accept you very willingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, yeah. it is a tough thing to kind of straddle.
2: I'm not first generation, but I will say that it does feel like That thing of, like, especially when African people come and they will, like, be like, well, you're not really, like, black, black or, like, from Africa. You don't know your roots. And it's, like, I wouldn't know my roots. Like, that's that's a part of, like, history. Like, we we wouldn't know our roots. So I don't think it's fair to, like, want to come to America and then shit on, like, americans and then shit on them for not knowing their culture when we're, we're all just trying to have a better lifestyle for our generation and i also saw this too with my ex boyfriend, where his family he was born in poland but he came here pretty early and his parents would almost like it seemed like they would get mad at him for like adapting to american culture but it's like but you brought him here to have a better life and he's raised like yes there's a lot of Polish people but he's raised in america with american culture and they would always just like kind of like have this resentment toward him in a way and I never understood that because I'm like you guys came here to have a better life it's not just like they would only look at like Poland Polish news or something like that And I'm like but you have to like kind of adapt and have to accept that he's going to be like more Americanized when he's been here most of his life so I don't know it's just an interesting seeing that from like the European aspect too.
0: And once again, to bring it back to the Oreo experience, I feel like they're just so similar because I look at my life and I'm like, my parents are looking at me dumb crazy because I'm looking, listening to Screamo and it's like, well, you moved me to the suburbs.
2: What'd you so... Oh my God. Yes. Like you moved me with a lot of white yeah. people and then you're going to get mad at me for having white friends. It's like, what? You're
1: going to pick up on a lot of things that, that's around your, that's in your surroundings. It's your environment, it's your environment now. now. Yeah.
0: That's just what it is. Yes, that's it okay so it's a good
4: uh, question hey everyone and welcome to black fat fashion i'm your host ayana ishmael and on bff we'll be discussing personal and career journeys at a crossroad between being black fat into fashion or if you're like me, some resemblance of all three. BFF is a podcast focused on having open and candid conversations with black women and men I and many other people admire in the fashion realm. Every other week we sit down with amazing industry professionals and chat about their journey in the industry. I hope BFF will serve as an insight for others. Chasing your dreams takes a splash of confidence and I hope the stories you'll hear on BFF give you the confidence you need. The theory of six degrees of separation contends that because we are all linked by chains of acquaintance, you are just six introductions away from any other person on the planet. I hope black Bat fashion will be your first link that pushes you on your career journey. With love from your BFF. Thanks so much for tuning
1: into this week's episode. Follow us on all social media at so-called oreos and you can email us at so oreos at gmail.com also fill out our new survey it's all on our social media you can listen to us on soundcloud itunes spotify and google play and please remember to like rate subscribe and leave a review until then bye, bye.